You're listening to Dime Stories, a podcast by the Kentucky Museum at WKU. Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of the Kentucky Museum's Dime Stories podcast, which will explore object stories in our collections. I'm Tiffany Iselhart, Development Manager for the Museum. Let's get started. What makes a story good? or even great. Could that story be about an artifact in a museum? This season, we're exploring object stories. These are brief glimpses into how objects, or artifacts, can tell us about art, history, and culture, but more importantly, about people. I've worked with object stories for several years. In material culture classes, I learned that objects have secrets. They can reveal as much as they hide, and looking for the clues is a very specific skill set, but one that is highly rewarding. Yet it wasn't until I worked with Museum Hack that I learned the real power of object stories, that they not only tell us things, they connect us with the past. In 2018, I went on tour with Museum Hack for the first time at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I was nervous. As part of the tour, I had to also present an object story, since I was now part of the Museum Hack team. I kept wondering why, in all my museum training, this had never been asked of me. But before I presented, we stopped in the Musical Objects Gallery. We stood in front of a case filled with instruments, and it's the first time I'd seen any of this. Musical instruments aren't really my thing. Then the guide started talking. Turns out, the white walking stick in the case was a flute or oboe made from the horn of a narwhal which, back in 1750, would have been called a unicorn of the sea. I laughed because it seemed so silly. The guide invited one of the girls on tour to engage with him, diving into a dialogue about how this walking stick, flute, oboe, could have been used to court a woman into marrying a noble. I mean, come on, what girl in the 18th century wouldn't agree to marry a fabulously wealthy man who just showed off his killer flute oboe skills with a unicorn horn? I imagined the entire story playing out as it had been told. It was funny, witty, and filled with ideas about how courtship could be conducted that never dawned on me before. And for the first time in my life, I wanted to hear what this flute or oboe sounded like. I don't even like flutes and oboes. Without ever removing the artifact from behind its glass case, I learned how it was adjusted to become a flute, an oboe, or a walking stick. I watched the guy's hands move as if he was playing the instrument, and as he took the girl's hand to court her. His words and movements hinted at walking, playing, courting. I felt I could pick up this object and use it as it was done nearly 300 years ago. As I was listening, I remembered how I'd been courted during my life. Whether it was flowers, fun dates, or other displays of affection, my life isn't so far off from this girl's experiences. I identified with her, not at the end of the story, but throughout it, and that deepened my appreciation for the object and the people to whom it meant something. Part of this object's story was how it was acquired. It began with a brief glimpse of how sailors would hunt narwhals and claim them to be unicorns of the sea in order to sell them for major money to high-ranking nobles. I also learned that only two of these walking stick flute oboes exist in the world today and this is the only one on public display. 
It's a brief part of the story, but a key part, because I understood the full journey of how this object came to be here, in this museum. That's the power of an object story. It doesn't just tell us things. It helps us connect with the object and the people who used it. Telling object stories is a skill, but one that could be taught. And hopefully, this season, you'll see why learning how to tell object stories can enhance everything you'll ever see in a museum. Thank you for tuning in to Dime Stories. Be sure to join us next week as we recount the story of our Sputnik chandelier. Thank <laughs> you.